Welcome to another episode of The Case Files of Eddie James, the exciting new show within a show that gives you, the listener, both a thrilling mystery and a peek into the world behind the scenes. Brought to you by Bizzo Soap, the versatile soap that can't be beat for dishes, gets your white sparkling white, keeps the colors of the rest of your laundry at their brand new brilliance, and yet is gentle enough for washing your hands and face. One soap for so many uses, which saves the savvy housewife time and money. Bizzo Soap for the Bizzo Busy Woman. The cast and writers of The Case Files of Eddie James usually rehearse in an empty studio at KTMQ, but due to an equipment failure, they've had to relocate to a room usually used for board meetings. The ever-curious bunch is inspecting this rather fancy room before they get down to brass tacks. So this is where the big decisions are made. It sure is fancy with all this marble on the walls and the big leather chairs and the big golden crystal chandelier. Yeah, yeah, and carpeting thick enough that you leave shoe prints in it. I like all of the photographs of Hollywood on the walls. I especially like this one of the mammoth backlot. There's so much hustle and bustle, and yet there's calm in the middle, with this one actor in a cowboy costume just leaning against a backdrop that's waiting to be moved, smoking a cigarette while he reads his script. Cowboy costume? Let me see that. Oh, wow, I had no idea. What's wrong, Lorraine? It's not wrong, it's just weird. What is? Oh, I see it now. Lorraine, that's your signature at the bottom of the photograph. Ah, what? You, you don't say. Look, this one of the Hollywoodland sign is one of hers as well. Ooh, spectacular shot as well, Lorraine. Well done. Thanks. They're all mine, I think. It was a series I did I called, believe it or not, Hollywood. I knew a set had been sold, but I didn't know who. I didn't know you were a professional photographer. <laughs> I'm not. I took a photography class a few years ago when I had more time than acting jobs. The teacher liked my work and featured me in a show he put on. I had three series in that show. Hollywood, Seascapes, and San Fernando Valley. A couple of pieces from the other series sold, but Hollywood was the only one that sold complete. Do you have any other work? Tons, but none of it has been seen by anybody but me. I never had the intention to make a career out of it, just a hobby. I still shoot when I can. I should have known these were yours. You have copies at home. Well, photography is something I've always wanted to learn. Sure, anyone can go out and buy a brownie and snap their family. But a good photo is every bit as good as a painting, and for the same reasons. I'd be happy to teach you what I know, Phil, and if you like, take you on one of my shoots. I'd like that a lot, Lorraine. Thanks. So this talented group has struck again. I thought we had shared all of our little secrets, but apparently not. (laughs) What else are you all hiding, eh? (laughs) Oh, I don't hide it. Not at all. Uh, uh, What's that bar name? Barney. Russell's right. This group is one of the most talented I've ever known, between the cooking and the woodworking and photography and, of course, the acting. You know, the last time we had this conversation, you were the one person who didn't reveal a secret passion. You must have one. What is it? Me? (laughs) Just writing. Honestly. When I'm not writing scripts, I write other things, mostly short stories. I do have a novel I'm working on that... I'll finish one of these days. I wish I had the knack for working with my hands like most of the rest of you. We all have things that not only are we good at, but that drive our soul. Or give us peace. That's why I love photography. 
I can forget the rest of life and just focus on, well, focusing. <laughs> oh, that was funny, Lorraine. I know what you mean, though. When I'm making my glass figurines, all of my worries just disappear. Whoa, 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 whoa. Glass figurines? Oh, I never told you guys. Wait, I think I have one in my purse. Yeah, here's one. Uh, this one's not my best effort, but you'll get the idea. Oh, wow, it's a bulldog. That's blown glass, is it not? It is. What a fascinating hobby. How on earth did you come into that? When I first moved to Los Angeles, I lived in a part of town that was filled with all kinds of artists. That block had ceramic studios and foundries and all kinds of other art studios. My next door neighbor was this real sweet guy from Czechoslovakia. We got to talking one day. I found out he was a glass blower. He invited me to visit his studio. I was hooked the minute I walked in the door. I can't afford my own studio or most of the supplies, so he sells me his scrap real cheap and I make these. They're no big deal. I just do it for fun. That's what a hobby is supposed to be. If it makes you happy, so be it. That glass blower, his name doesn't happen to be um, <coughs> Valentine Samo, does it? Yeah! How did you know? Ah, I have had the great pleasure in not only meeting said artiste, but acquiring some of his work as well. The glass candelabra on my dining table he made to my specifications. Oh, a true genius, in my humble opinion. He sure is. I'll never be as good as he is, but I don't care. I'll never be as good as Margaret Bourke White either, but I never want to be. If you're really good at something, it becomes a job, you know? Yeah, like acting. That's not what I meant. Maybe not, but it is a great segue to what we're here for. Let's get to work, shall we? And then maybe afterwards drinks? If you all like, you can come to my house. I mix cocktails like I cook. Ooh, I'm all for that. Let's get started. The city is a lonely place. I know, I walk its streets. I'm Eddie James. Being a lonely man in that lonely city gives me a chance to see things other people miss. And that makes me a good detective. Walk with me. See for yourself. As far as I'm concerned, there is no such thing as bad people and good people. The nicest people in the world have a dark place inside. Most of the time, nobody else would ever know that dark place existed. But it's there, and it can come out with the right trigger. At the same time, every thug, pickpocket, and even murderer has a decent streak. I use that streak at times to catch them. Sometimes nobody can tell who's bad and who's good until it's too late. One of those times happened on a Saturday afternoon. I should have been home relaxing when it happened, but instead I was sitting in the kitchen of a banquet hall with my partner Susie and her fiancé Danny. Why? Oh... Let's just say I was being a good friend. Oh, I'm so glad you three could come. This menu includes my best, well, everything. I hope you're going to love it just as much as the Bowers. Do excuse me a moment, I'll be right back. I need to make sure all of the centerpieces are perfect. The guests will be here any minute. You can sit at this little table here. Albert, come with me. Yes, ma'am. 
I'm spending my Saturday backstage, so to speak, at a stranger's wedding reception. Why exactly did you need me here, Susie? I can't wait for you to try this food, Suze. Everything she makes is so good, it's going to be so hard to choose what we wanted to make for us. That's why. Ah, got it. I need to give you an unbiased opinion and keep you from blowing your top. Exactly. I'm fine with anything, really, as long as there aren't any olives anywhere. So I need you to be my judge. She puts olives in some of her canapes, but I already put the kibosh on those. You said you wanted angels on horseback, so that's what we're getting. Well, that's one decision made without me. Yeah, out of about a hundred, and only because I wanted five minutes apiece. Oh, the, those centerpieces are just darling! They're pumpkins hollowed out to make baskets, you know, and they hold three kinds of dip and skewers with vegetables on them. This couple really loves fall, even though we don't really have fall here in Los Angeles. Fall and Italian food. The bride absolutely insisted on having my Italian wedding soup. She went crazy for it at her tasting. It is a bit more expensive than my usual tomato, I have to admit, but worth every penny. If you fall for it too, you can do what the brewers are doing and order it for just the wedding couple. Some people think the little sausage meatballs are full of good luck. <laughs> I brought just a teeny bit extra for you three to try later. I want to start you with my version of Caesar's salad. It's, it's so funny. Everyone thinks it's an Italian salad, but do you know it was actually invented in Mexico? <laughs> Albert, let's get those salads out for the reception and these lovely people. Yes, ma'am. Excuse me, ma'am. Oh, those salads look yummy. I'm so hungry, though. Anything would look yummy. Well, hello, Miss Jones, or... Should I say, Mrs. Bowers? Is there a problem? No, no. I just wanted to make sure you brought that wedding soup. I think I've been dreaming more about that than walking down the aisle. Oh, you have company. This is the couple I was telling you about. They came to do a tasting the same way you and Eric did at the Wells' reception. Mr. Feely, Miss Beck, Mr. James, the new Mrs. Eric Bowers. That's right! You did tell me about them! Oh, nice to meet you! You'll love everything she makes, especially that wedding soup. I bought a gallon from Joyce after our tasting, and I ate it in a few days. It was so good. I'm thrilled you loved it so much. Could you bring me a little of it now? I haven't eaten since lunch yesterday. I was too nervous and too afraid I wouldn't fit into my dress. If there is any advice I can give you, Miss Beck, it's not to worry about perfection. A pound or two won't make a lick of difference, and you'll be happier. I refuse to worry about anything regarding my wedding. Good. The only people who should worry in this world are the ones who have something to hide. Oh, Joyce? The soup? I'll sneak it out in just a minute. Thanks. You're a lifesaver. That must be some soup. <laughs> it's my best recipe. I was going to wait to serve it to you, but after that review, I think you should have it now. Uh, it's hot, so let it sit for a minute. 
I'll be back soon. It smells so good. It does smell pretty tasty. Sorry, but it's not doing a thing for me. The sausage must have fennel in it or something. Something bitter. I hate bitter. That's okay. We don't even need to have soup. It's kind of messy anyway. That won't stop me from seeing if this tastes as good as it smells. Joyce? What happened? Oh, oh it's awful! The bride just collapsed! We must call an ambulance! I, I think there's a phone in here. Mr. Feely, you're, you're a policeman. Can you help? Of course. This is taking too long. We should have gotten word good or bad by now. Easy, girl. The doctor will talk to us as soon as he can. Danny's parents are headed this way. How did they find out? I called them the first time I took a walk down the hall. I thought they should be here. Oh, oh Susie. Oh, we came as fast as we could. Uh, any news? No, Mr. Feely. Now, don't you worry, honey. My son Daniel is as tough as they come. He won't let whatever it is get the best of him. Hello, Eddie. Thanks for being here. I wouldn't be anywhere else, Mrs. Feely. Wayne. Eddie. Mr. and Mrs. Feely, Susie, any news? Not yet. How did you even know we were here? I've been to the crime scene. The caterer told me what happened. Oh, crime scene. Then... Yeah. She died at the scene. The coroner's... Pretty sure it was cyanide. It must have been in that soup. It was. Enough to kill four elephants. Danny ate it too, huh? Yeah. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Feely? Yes. And this is the soon-to-be Mrs. Feely. Oh, I know. Susie and I have met many times. Which means you know to give it to us straight. I do. And the straight is... He's going to be fine, thanks to you getting him here so quickly. We pumped his stomach and put him on fluids. He'll need to stay here for a day or two so we can keep an eye on him, just to be safe. I don't anticipate any complications, though. Oh, I'm glad you're here, Lieutenant Hadley. We found cyanide in his stomach contents. Yeah, that clinches it. Can we see him? No, oh, just for a minute. I want him to rest. In here. Zeus, guess I should have skipped the soup and had the salad. Guess you should have, favorite person. Next time, favorite person. Promise. Hi, Ma. Dad. Sorry to drag you over here. Oh, from the sound of things, it wasn't your fault. No, it wasn't. I'm gonna find the person whose fault it was, though, if it's the last thing I do. Me too. Susie. Don't Susie me. You know darn well that you can't keep me off this case. If necessary, Wayne, we'll hire Eddie and Susie ourselves. Make it official. I accept your case pro bono. Uh, fine. Just don't do anything stupid. My almost wife do anything stupid? Never happen. Go get him, Suze. Right now, I'm just going to sleep. No need to stick around here for that. We'll stay with him. You go, honey. For all of us. 
Eddie, Wayne, you heard the nice lady. Let's go. That was a close one, in more ways than one. I had been seconds away from being the third victim. Why, though? Why had anyone been poisoned? And how did cyanide get in the soup? Joyce Argrove, the caterer, made the soup. That didn't make her the strongest suspect, though. She had no motive, not to mention poisoning someone with your own soup being one of the dumbest moves ever. Maybe it was her assistant, Albert. Wayne had detained her at the scene while he found out about the bride and his sergeant. We returned to the reception hall where a little surprise awaited Wayne. Oh, Lieutenant Hadley, there you are. I asked every officer here where you were and well, nobody seemed to know. Sergeant Graham? And what are you doing here? Captain Fern has heard about what happened. He knew you'd need someone to fill in for Sergeant Feely, so he called Captain Magnuson, and, well, here I am. Oh, how is Danny? He'll live, which is probably more than I can say. Now, what have you done in my absence? Not much, I'm afraid. Just interviewed all of the wedding guests. I only got here 15 minutes ago. Is that all? I'm surprised you haven't dusted the whole place for prints, too. Oh, no. The crime lab boys are doing that. So, what's next? I want to talk to the caterer. Know where she is? I sure do. She's in the kitchen with her assistant. Right this way. Eddie. Don't fight it. Just accept it, Wayne. She could be a really big help. She was last time, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Miss Beck! Is Mr. Philly okay? He will be, thank God. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. I I feel terrible about the whole thing. Oh? Why? Because my soup was used as a murder weapon. By someone else, that is. I'm not the one who put poison in it, of course. Why on earth would I poison customers? We don't think you did. Daisy, why don't we go re-examine the banquet room or something? I don't think it takes four people to interview one witness. Good idea! Thank you, Susie. I agree, you're not a suspect, Miss Hargrove, but we do need to figure out who did do it. Who had access to this kitchen? Everyone, really. There's no lock on the door. And you were in and out a lot. I saw that for myself. How about your assistant? What do you know about him? Albert is a lovely boy. He's a student at the Golden State Culinary School. He's worked as my server for several events. Did he serve the soup? Oh, no, I did that myself. I can corroborate that. She served us, then took a bowl out to the bride. I tasted that soup several times this morning as it cooked, and it was fine. The last time I tasted it was when I put it on the stove to warm up, about a half hour before I served it. That narrows down the time when it could have been tampered with, but it doesn't really change the suspect list. We're missing something. We have to be. Now, where's this Albert? I'm right here, sir. Oh, yeah. What can you tell us about all of this? Nothing, I'm afraid. I knew the pot of soup was on the stove, but I didn't pay it any attention. I was too busy setting tables and putting the finishing touches on all the edible centerpieces. Of course you were. You didn't see a thing. Nobody saw a thing. We're getting nowhere! I can tell you who came into the kitchen, if that helps. Yes, that would help. Besides Joyce and me, 
Miss Jones, um, uh, her new husband, Mr. Brewer, his mother. Oh, yes, and uh, Mr. Chalmers. I believe he was Miss Jones's boss. Uh, any idea what any of those people were doing in the kitchen? I'm afraid not, sir. I was too busy. Yeah, yeah. It's not much, but it's something. Thanks. Sir, we rechecked everything on and around the table. We didn't find even an atom of a clue. What a surprise. <sighs> Let's see if we can find a motive. Here's the victim's address. Go over and see if you can find anything there. Eddie, you and Susie go with her. I'm about to explode, and I don't want any of you to see that. I didn't blame Wayne for wanting to explode. His sergeant, a man he privately cared for like a son, had almost died. There was almost nothing to lead him to the person who did it. We left him to boil and headed to the victim's home. Phyllis Jones had lived in a tiny bungalow in the mid-city area. Simple stucco two-bedroom on a street lined with ones just like it. There was no indication on the outside that she was anything but an average working girl. There was no indication she had a roommate, either, but she did. This is almost exactly like Danny's place. Must be the same architect. The floor plan's identical. I think it's adorable. I wish I could afford one just like it. it sounds like this one is still <laughs> occupied. Aw, Poodle! Oh, isn't she cute with that little pink bow on her head? Yeah, adorable. She looks hungry. Why don't you go feed her? Uh, Susie, tackle the bedroom. I'll search in here. On it. Yes, sir. Oh, come on, doggy. What's your name, girl? Let me check your tag. <laughs> oh, you're Daisy, too. Well, hello, fellow Daisy. Where might your food be? In one of these cupboards? Oh, here it is. Look at this, a whole shelf full of cans of Red Heart. I wonder why she put them all way on the top shelf. You must be one smart doggy. Uh, I'd better use that step stool over there so I don't pull cans down on our heads. Let's see, there's beef flavor, fish flavor, cheese. Hey, what's this? Oh, wow. Eddie, come quick. You've got to see this. What is it? I found this stash behind the dog food. A ledger book. Huh. Huh. All the description lines are in some kind of code. Whatever it's about, there's a lot of money involved. This line is $1,500. The one below it is $800. Here you guys are. Find something? We sure did. All we have to do is figure out what it is. That ledger, as it was, didn't tell us much. Could have just been a list of wedding expenses the bride was afraid to tell the groom about for all we knew. I didn't buy that. Could also be the very thing she was murdered for, and that felt more likely. We searched the rest of the house for clues. Found a stash of jewelry hidden in a secret compartment in the closet floor, and a stack of paycheck stubs from a small advertising company downtown. Maybe the ledger was work-related and her boss knew what it was about. According to Albert, he had visited the kitchen. 
Why? There were questions worth asking as soon as the office opened the next day. There was nothing else to do after the discovery of the pay stub, so I sent the girls home. Did I expect them to actually go home? No. Susie was sure to make a beeline for the hospital. As for Daisy... Well, she didn't admit it, and she did have a clean suit on the next morning, but I was pretty sure she had spent the night working. The yawns the next morning betrayed her. Same way my yawns betrayed me. Mm, you three look like somnambulists. Did you get any sleep at all, any of you? Yes, but only because the night nurse kicked me out of Danny's room. I checked in on him on the way over. He's already hungry. <laughs> that sounds like my sergeant. How about the rest of you? I hardly slept a week, sir. I couldn't stop thinking about the code in the ledger. I've tried a ton of ways to decode it, but none of them worked. <sighs> so did I. Each entry has a short paragraph like a name and an address. I tried every standard code key I could think of, but uh, nothing worked. If a regular girl like Phyllis Jones made it up, maybe you're thinking too hard about it. The code is bound to be something real simple. I'll take a stab at it. Uh, sir, sorry to interrupt, but there's a man at the front desk demanding to speak with you immediately. Won't take no for an answer. Uh, any idea who he is, Smith? You said his name is, uh, Eric Bowers? That's the victim's husband. Maybe he's come up with something. Okay, Smith, let him in. Yes, sir. Lieutenant Hadley? That's me. This is Sergeant Graham, Eddie James, and Susie Beck. Eddie James and Susie Beck? You were there yesterday, weren't you? We were. Joyce is my wedding caterer as well. She invited my fiancé and me to come and taste her food. Oh, your fiancé was the one who was poisoned too, wasn't he? That explains why you're here. You're just as angry as I am. Why are you angry? My brand new wife was viciously murdered, and the man who did it hasn't been apprehended yet. Man? You know who did it? Because I certainly don't have any evidence to point a finger at anyone, male or female. Well, d no, I don't know a man did it. I just assumed most murderers are men. There is no most. The only thing murderers have in common is that they're all killers. In order for me to catch your wife's murderer, I need to know why she was killed. Any ideas? Why, no. Phyllis was sweet and kind and everybody loved her. Not everybody, obviously. Say, who exactly are you anyway, but besides a wise guy? I'm a private detective. So is Susie. Her fiancé's parents hired us to work with the police to find who poisoned their son and killed your wife. If you keep raising a ruckus, I'm going to start wondering if you're just trying to shift our attention away from you. What? Are you insinuating that... No, no, you're not. You're doing your job. I'm being a hothead. I'm sorry. It's okay. We understand. But you have to be patient. And you have to tell us every last thing you know about your wife. The smallest detail could be the clue that reveals the killer. There's really not that much I can tell you. I've only known Phyllis a short time. We met earlier this year at her office. I'm the assistant vice president of Togs for Tots. The ad agency she works for, Chalmers Advertising, had been hired to do a campaign for us, and I was appointed the liaison. She was filling in for the receptionist the first time I went in for a meeting, 
And it was love at first sight. Wait, I know she was born and raised in Chicago, that she has a brother who's in the army and stationed in Germany, and that she's a bright, happy girl who hates the color yellow and loves her da- Oh, Daisy! Daisy's still at her house! Don't worry, sir. I took her home with me when we found her yesterday. I'm happy to give her to you anytime you want. Oh, oh, thank you so much for doing that. Oh, I feel terrible that I forgot about her. Uh, could I pick her up from you later today? Sure. Just drop by the station around 6 and I'll make sure she's ready. Oh, I'll do that. Is there anything else I can tell you, Lieutenant? Who are her friends? Did she have a falling out with anyone lately? Did you have? Do you have any ex-girlfriends who might have been jealous? The short answers are no arguments with anyone that I know of and no ex-girlfriends. At least none that would have done something like this. The last real girlfriend I had was in college. As for Phyllis's friends, they're all her co-workers. <laughs> the girls at the secretarial pool, they're thick as thieves. If anyone knows anything about what happened, it would be one of them. We'll talk to them. As a matter of fact, Chalmers Advertising is our next stop. Ah, oh, excellent. I'll, I'll, I'll leave you to it. Uh, please keep me abreast of any developments. We will. Stay in town, please. We may have more questions. Oh, I'll be here. I have nowhere to go anymore. Not without... Not without my Phyllis. <laughs> Phyllis. Well? Oh, I don't think he did it, sir. He talked about her in present tense for one thing. I wasn't talking to you, but interesting point. Eddie? Sure he's still out. I want to hear what her boss and friends have to say. Yeah, good idea. Take Graham with you. I have uh, work to do here. Right. Let's go, ladies. I'm going to leave this one to you, if that's okay. I want to go back and work on that code. I can't get it out of my head. Well, that's more than okay. That code could be the key to unlocking this whole thing. Good morning. Welcome to the Chalmers Agency. How may I direct your call? Uh, <laughs> oops. Sorry about that. When they take me out of the secretary pool, it's usually to answer the phone. Do you have an appointment with someone? No, but we'd like to speak with Mr. Chalmers, if possible. It's about Phyllis Jones. Phyllis? Oh. Mm, I don't know. Mr. Chalmers is awfully... I'm with the LAPD. Sergeant Graham, here's my badge. It's really important that we speak to him. Oh, wow. That's really real. And you're a girl and everything. Oh, wow. Are you a cop? I mean, police officer too, mister? Private detective working with the police. Here's my ID. <gasps> you're Eddie James? The Eddie James? Oh, wow. Oh, boy. Jeepers. Hold oh, the phone. Mr. Chalmers? A police sergeant and the... One and only Eddie James would like to speak to you about Phyllis. Yes, sir. He said he would prefer to meet with you later, but if it really can't wait... It really can't wait. Then go on down. His office is at the end of the hall. He only has a minute, though. Oh, hopefully that's all we'll need. Mm. 
I had a feeling that would be the answer. Make it quick. I have a meeting at an important client's in 15 minutes. Will be as quick as the poison that killed Phyllis Jones. What do you know about her, Mr. Chalmers? Uh, she was a bright girl, bright and bubbly. I actually had hopes of promoting her out of the secretary pool and possibly into a sales role. So you two were close? In a professional sense, yes. We, we didn't socialize outside of the office or in it. But you were at her wedding. Well, I considered it a duty. The entire staff had been invited. Was it your duty to inspect the kitchen? You were seen in there. Uh, the kitchen? Oh, right. Yes, I, I was uh, looking for the men's room. Uh-huh. How long was Phyllis in your employ? Uh, two years, I believe. Uh, you'd have to confirm that with the secretarial manager. Did she do any special projects for you? Special projects? No. Well, she did occasionally come in and prepare letters for me, do some filing, but that was it. She was my first choice to take dictation. She was the fastest and most accurate. Uh, she was the one who wrote my reminders in my calendar, like this reminder right here. Must have been one of the last things she did. We've suffered a huge loss with her passing. <sighs> Is there anything else? I really do need to leave, and I still need to gather the documents I have to take with me. Well, there's plenty more. For one thing... I... That's fine. For now, we can come back. Eddie? Mr. Chalmers said he had to leave, and we need to let him. Let's go. Thank you for your time, Mr. Chalmers. Uh, of course. Happy to help. But I want Phyllis's killer caught as much as anyone. Oh, uh, I just thought of something. She may have taken some some work home. Is there any chance I could uh, drop by her place and check? Give Lieutenant Hadley and Homicide a call. He'll tell you when you can go in. Eddie, why did you cut me off like that? He's hiding something. I, I could feel it in my bones. I could too. We don't have anything concrete, though, and if we kept pushing, we could have scared him. Besides, the thing he's hiding could have nothing to do with the murder. Oh, I guess. There was something in that office, though. Something off. I know I saw it, but I can't for the life of me figure out what. It'll come to me. I hope. So, now what do we do? Good question. Uh, excuse me, miss. Oh, Mr. James. <laughs> Jeepers. What can I do for you? Do you happen to know how long Mr. Chalmers will be gone? Oh, a few hours at least. It takes that long to meet with a client. <laughs> Not at all. Mr. Chalmers likes to, uh, how shall I put it, enjoy a liquid lunch, if you know what I mean. Not that he's a drunk, don't get me wrong. I just know because of how he smells when he gets back. What else he does at lunch is anyone's guess. Ah, thanks. Thank me. Thank you. Oh, it's been a thrill, Mr. James. A positive thrill. Wow, you're like a movie star or something. <laughs> or something. So, what do we do next? We... Wait a minute. Don't turn around. Chalmers just came out and he's getting into a white Lincoln. I say we follow him. I want to know why my gut is sounding an alarm, even if it has nothing to do with our case.
We followed that white Lincoln all the way to the heart of downtown without being detected. I was sure of it. He never sped up or darted down a side street. When we got to the area heavily populated with bars and lounges, though, he completely disappeared. One minute he was there, the next all I could see were delivery vans and produce trucks. I drove around the area where we lost him, but there were too many places he could have gone. My gut was not happy. We headed back to the office where we found a surprise, and Daisy's memory kicked in. Darn it. I, I thought you had it that time, Suze. But that puts a C after a T over there. Ugh. I thought I had it, too. How are you feeling? Do you need to lie down? I'm a little tired, but I'm okay. Thanks. I'm a lot better just being out of the hospital. I hate hospitals. Me too. I'm just glad you were able to walk out when I saw you drop. It's okay, honey. It's okay. All over. And with a happy ending, thanks to you. Sergeant Feely, you're out of the hospital already? Yeah, and before you ask, I'm fine and I'm staying that way. That was a long interview. Get something good? We didn't get anything, not directly. Mr. Chalmers claimed the victim was a wonderful employee. Didn't know how we could go on without her. Then he said he had to leave for a meeting. The receptionist told us the meeting might really have been one of the three-hour lunches he likes to take, so we decided to follow him to see what he was up to. We lost him downtown, though. He just disappeared. Maybe he really did have a meeting and went into a garage. Yeah, could be. Wasn't important enough to try and track him down, not yet. Yet? You think he might be involved with the murder? He's involved in something. He had that guilty smell. He, he just smelled like expensive aftershave to me and too much of that. Oh, did you get anywhere with the code, Susie? <sighs> no. Just when I think I've got it in one place, it doesn't work in another. There are a couple of words that show up again and again that I think are key. This four-letter word here, the five-letter one here, and this three-letter one. A repeating three-letter word. It's not the... No. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I know what looked odd in that office now. Mr. Chalmers gestured to his appointment calendar, said Phyllis had written his appointments in it. I glanced at the calendar when he did that. There was an appointment on it, all right, with a Mr. Talbot at noon. Yeah, sure, I remember that. But did you see what was under it? A line of letters, just like these, in the same handwriting. Phyllis's handwriting was really curly. The other letters were bold and sharp, like these. That means Phyllis didn't write in the journal. He did. She must have stolen this ledger book. Maybe she was even blackmailing him about it. Which would give him a very strong motive. Oh, we can't rule out the husband. He's a real hothead. I didn't like the way he lost his temper so easily. And he was in the kitchen in that half hour. Nobody's off the suspect list, not even Joyce. She definitely had opportunity, and she may have had a motive we don't know about yet. Or maybe Albert does. You're both right. I can't help but feel this ledger is important, though. We need to decode it, and fast. He's probably based the code on a favorite thing. What do we know about Jonathan Chalmers? He's in advertising, and he likes liquid lunches, as the receptionist put it. And he drives a white Lincoln. And he was in the kitchen, too. Liquid three-hour lunches, eh? And you said you lost him downtown? Yeah, around Grand and Fifth. I know someone who just might have an answer to that part of the puzzle. Hand me the phone, Suze.
Stumpy. Stumpy? This is Feely. Who's Stumpy? No, <laughs> Sounds like a gangster name. It's hard to say what Stumpy is. He knows everything about everything and everyone downtown. You ever heard of a Jonathan He's been Chalmers? caught a few times for petty theft, yeah. shell games, yeah, things guy. like that, but he usually trades yeah? jail time for information. Where? He's a valuable when? friend to have. Acting hinky, huh? Mikey the Brick? What is he, nuts? Yeah, you're probably right. Thanks, Stumpy. Now you're down to just six you owe me. Maybe someday the slate will be clean. Take it, Stumpy knows Chalmers, Danny. You take it right. According to Stumpy, Chalmers not only drinks at lunchtime, he bets on the ponies. He was winning pretty big for a while, but his luck has dried up and he owes Mikey the Brick a couple of thousand. Mikey the Brick? Yikes. I wouldn't want to owe him a hello. He'd break my legs for it. Loan shark? And Bookie. Wait a minute. Susie, you said there were three words that showed up over and over again in the ledger, right? A three-letter word, a four-letter word, and a five-letter word. Yeah? I know what you're thinking, Eddie. Win, show, and place! Which means these ledger entries must be the name of the horse, the race, the days they ran, and the name of the track. Phyllis must have seen the notes on his calendar and the ledger and put two and two together. Then blackmailed him so he killed her. He may be afraid we're onto him. Or afraid of Mikey the Brick. Call your boss, Danny. Tell him to meet us at Chalmers' house in North Hollywood and hope we're not too late. No car in the driveway. You think that's because he's already left or he hasn't come home yet? I don't know. Let's go find out. What do you mean? We, we can't just go in there. We don't have a warrant. You want to know if he left, right? We won't be able to figure that out just standing on the sidewalk. Well, no. Getting a search warrant would be a big waste of time if he's already gone. True. Stumpy said he owes Mikey the brick, right? Stumpy's never steered you wrong. Say Mikey the Brick came to collect. Chalmers might be lying in their hurt. Stumpy steered us wrong plenty of times. But still, he could be right. Which means you could be right, and we could be saving a life by busting in. Let's go! Never break down a door when it's unlocked. Everyone, split up and search the place. Daisy, you'd better come with me. Yes, sir! Sure is dark in here, even in daylight. I think this is a study. I can just make out books on that wall. Ooh, look at all the model airplanes. Turn the light on. We're here for cause, remember? And quit whispering. Yes, sir. Yep, it's his study. Hey, that picture over there, it sure is crooked. Oh, it covered a wall safe. He's gone. I just checked his bedroom. The closet's empty. And he left in a hurry. He left the safe open. Is there anything in there, Graham? Hmm, yeah. An envelope. There's no sign of him. What'd you find? An envelope. Well, let me take a look at it. I just talked to a neighbor. They said they saw Chalmers leaving with a suitcase only five minutes before we got here. Oh, maybe we can catch up with him. If we could figure out where he went. I think I have. This envelope contains the title for a Cessna 152. Call letters... 444 Apple Henry Apple. There's also a lease for hangar space at Whiteman Air Park. I bet he's going to try to escape by plane. Where's the phone? On the desk. But the wire's been cut. Ah, we'll have to call from the car. Not that it'll matter. 
We can't get cars out to Whiteman that fast. Traffic will be bad. We'll just have to try and stop him ourselves. It's not that far from here, and he only has a few minutes head start. Susie, you and I can take my car. The rest of you, take Wayne's. Let's go. Boy, there's not much to this place, is there? Just a couple of buildings, a bunch of little planes, and a long stretch of tarmac for a runway. But no Cadillac. Yeah, let's get out and take a look around. Here come Wayne, Danny, and Daisy. They must have parked on the street. Any sign of him? Not yet. I haven't seen anyone yet. Let's take a look around. Split up. Eddie, you and Susie head for the planes. Graham and Feely, with me. We'll see if there's anyone in this hangar. Ever feel like a moving target? Yep. Someone's watching us. Over there, I see a shadow. Susie! You okay? Yeah, he missed. You? Hey, missed me too. Get behind this plane. I'm gonna try a bluff. B back off! Get away from me! Can't do that, Chalmers. We know you killed Phyllis. I had to. She was bleeding me dry. Now you're gonna bleed me dry, aren't you? I don't want your money. I just want you to pay for your crimes. I can't see him anymore. Can you tell where he is? No. Go get in the car. Here are my keys. I want to be ready to go after him and be protected. On it. Chalmers! Come on! Drop the gun and give yourself up. The police are here. You can't get away. Uh-oh. He's gonna try and fly out of here. Susie! Start the car! Get in! Move over. This doesn't work. I want to be the one who gets the blame. Just hurry up. He's taxiing to the runway. He sees us, but he's not slowing down. Shoot at him, then hold on tight. We're about to play chicken. Eh, Chalmers is gonna live. He has burns from the fire and a broken arm, but nothing life-threatening. Where he's going, he'll have plenty of time to heal. I still can't believe you did that, Eddie. You drove right at him. It was a darn good thing for you he swerved at the last minute. What if he didn't stop? Never ask questions like that, Graham. It came out for the best. That's all we need to know. Well, that and what the ledger was all about. It's about horse racing bets, just like we thought. I decoded it while you were dealing with the plane fire. We can call this one closed. Say, where are Danny and Susie? Susie didn't get hurt, did she? Susie did not get hurt. Susie is fine. Danny and I have something we had to do. Sure did, Mrs. Feely. Mrs. Feely? You mean you you too? Yeah, after everything that's happened the past couple of days, we decided we couldn't tempt fate one more minute. So, we got hitched at City Hall this morning. We're still going to have the wedding, though. Keep that on your hats, everyone, will you? We don't want to disappoint our parents. I never heard a thing. You know what? We're just talking about, uh, the plane crash. <laughs> My lips are sealed, but, uh, you have a problem, Danny. Oh? What's that? The ear-splitting grin on your face. It's gonna give you away. Normally, I'd groan right about now, but this time, I'm with him. Just tone it down when you leave the room, please, dear. Yes, dear. Aw, you two are too cute for words. Well, they're too something, anyway. Now, all of you, get out of my office! I have work to do, and so do you. The reports aren't going to write themselves. <laughs> A true romantic. 
Let's go, Susie. Bet there's a desperate would-be client at our door as I speak. Congratulations, Danny. You've got the best girl. Be good to her, or I'll kill you. <laughs> You've got nothing to worry about, especially because she'd kill me first. You got that right. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Case Files of Eddie James, brought to you by Bizzo Soap, the versatile soap that can't be beat for dishes, gets your white laundry sparkling white, keeps the colors of the rest of your laundry at their brand new brilliance, and yet is gentle enough for washing your hands and face. One soap for so many uses, which saves the savvy housewife time and money. Bizzo Soap, for the Bizzo Busy Woman. Tonight's cast included Lauren Bombauer, Val Coons, Max Levine, Mike Luce, Richard Tatum, Rachel Wasserman, and Keith Wright. Story by Val Coons and Rachel Wasserman. Sound patterns by Val Coons. This has been a Q Footsteps production. The lamb shop. <laughs> I'm just going to add syllables for fun. I am the door. Buggles, the buggalows, everywhere. The buggalows, the buggalows, here and there and everywhere. Ba da 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 da.